What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a uh, we had a golf week. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's another one of these like weaker fields. Nobody at the top of the leaderboards really kind of like stuck out to me outside of a couple of guys, but they never really materialized. Um, it wasn't ever, ever any like super contentious finish with the top names. It was just kind of a middling meh fest. Um, and then I'm all, on top of it all. I'm a little disappointed about my, my winner's pick, but what'd you think of the week? Yeah, I thought it was definitely interesting. Again, I think there's a lull period. And I think we talked about last year between the end of a major and then the final few tournaments where you're just watching for one or two guys to try and make the threshold for the FedEx cup playoffs, Adam Scott, Shane Lowry, Justin Thomas. I think all three of them did not do enough to qualify, which the only highlight from Sunday outside of you won daddy from Lucas Glover's kid yes. was that chip. And now I'm not an expert on the point breakdown, so don't quote me, but yeah, what they said was like Adam Scott had to finish like solo seventh, but he finished tied seventh JT to finish solo 11th, but finished T 12. Um, Shane Lowry. I don't think even got close to his number, Yeah, but I don't know the point breakdown for the ties. So it was interesting to me to see T 12 and he didn't make it when there's a guy at, there's like six guys at 14. Yeah, it was very interesting. The, 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 the mischief on 18 on Sunday by JT, where he like looks like he had collapsed as if he had torn his ACL in half, uh, was, was ag- aggressive, but uh, it was understandable because obviously he was trying to fight for the, the top 70, and I think he realized exactly where he needed to be. Um, but you can't really put it all on that ship. There was a few different like putts that he – I think he missed a six-footer like four holes earlier – for a birdie that you know you make that and then you and then you shoot the same rest of the rounds the next three holes boom you're in i, like, I think this ticket's booked to rome though really i think so here's the thing here's my argument about that match play no I, one brings energy like justin thomas i agree but like i feel like there's a like right now russell henley's still in the equation because he won the open so like, there's so many like Russell Henley because he won the Open. I'm pretty sure he's he's Brian Harmon won the Open for Brian. Har- oh my gosh, Brian Harmon. Uh, Brian Harmon's is gonna be a qualifier. He, I'm saying Justin Thomas might be like the sixth captain's pick. But th- but that's what I'm saying is if you're getting qualifiers like Brian Harmon, I mean you're gonna start bumping guys out that that they're gonna want to pick as captains picks. So at a certain point, I mean. It could get down to again. I I I haven't looked at who's in the top six right now, but. Like a Morikawa versus JT. I mean, uh, yeah, it's hard because you take a look. And by the way, listen, I know we could have a whole Ryder Cup thing, and we will. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau should be on the Ryder Cup team 100%. He's Team USA. He shot a 58 at the Greenbrier with a that. bogey and dropped two spots in the world ranking. Didn't go up in the world <laughs> ranking. He was like 106 to 108. That is Ooh. ridiculous, in my opinion. I get the structure of live and the the whole point situation. You don't have to get into an argument. We've since converted to anti-live at the beginning where you're an idiot to watch to once the majors happened, it was kind of just golf for everybody. And I think a lot yeah. of the buzz went down, but a lot we'll more have a understanding. I feel that. like now that we, now that we fully understand what's going on with live, we can kind of just like shrug our shoulders and be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh all right, let me think. Well, let's let's say it because we haven't said his name yet. Uh, Lucas Glover, nice win. Uh, I said his name. 
Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, because you were talking about his kid. Uh, yeah, that probably was the that was a cool moment. Sunday. The fact that that's a highlight on a Sunday on a golf tournament is a um, bad sign, personally. Uh, at least for the enjoyment factor in terms of, of, of TV for the standard yeah, golf. Fan. I'm getting old because I love that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, outside of that, was there anything anybody else that kind of stuck out? I mean, Hideki missed a cut. That was really unfortunate. Don't talk about that. He like shipped it. I'm convinced. I'm like, he knew he was good for this week. I think he just like coasted along. He was like, yeah, I'll see you guys at St. Jude. Like, I'm he's probably got a secret sponsor. <laughs> you know, he's like, I just gotta show up, get my hotel fee. Exactly, that kind of a deal. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't look too deeply into that. Yeah, uh, I think a couple names that stood out for me. Number one's bearded Billy Horschel. That's a couple weeks here. Yep. He's starting to peak up. You know, obviously, he had arguably the worst season of his career coming into this um just needed to mix some things up i think you flip that two over and obviously if he goes two under instead of two over he's in a playoff um secondly finally we saw something good out of sung jm yeah i know it was a tied for 14th place compared to where he was i mean let's be honest this is like the best sign we could ever have sam burns coming into play no trust me i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) but my guy former world number one luke donald t22 that was awesome to see even though i don't think they showed any of his shots yeah luke donald didn't see an ounce of uh tv time which is unfortunate uh i was pointing at jack at myself while jack was talking about sung jm because i was um i was willing to give sung jay the chance and it ended up partially working out for me um i didn't have him everywhere but taking him in the few spots i did really kind of kind of sal- salvaged a lot of my week um, cause otherwise I was way too heavy on Hideki for my own, like for my own personal good. Um, yeah, nothing crazy. A lot of kind of middle, middle of the road names that ended up finishing decent. Uh, Adam Svensson was up on top of the leaderboard at one point. Steven Yeager was up there for a little while. Charlie Hoffman, the Albatross. Char- yeah. Charlie Hoffman. Uh, Dietry was kind of in that mix. Eric Cole was also in there. A lot of those like middle, middle tier names, um, that if you got to probably ended up giving you some nice money this week. Uh, but Jack, do you want to quickly run through DraftKings and FanDuel? Nope. No, no, not the week for you. Nope. <laughs> no, I think in, in our little FanDuel, even I think I had it was like three or four missed cut right off the rip because I was high on Hideki, yep. which just absolutely killed everything about me. Um, I was high on uh, Chad Ramey and Stuart Sink both as flyers they both missed the cut but my worst guy that made the cut was 14th yeah you know that was uh kind of a similar boat with me so i, I in both fanduel and DraftKings, i had hideki and zach johnson uh zach johnson missed the cut on the number uh very sad because i actually he i i looked at him all week they had a lot a lot more of his shots than i anticipated probably because they were doing the whole like here's your rider cup captain we might as well show some shots from him which makes sense um and so he missed the cut on the number and in all honesty he didn't play bad but i had them in both both sets of lineups uh we didn't even talk about this by the way denny mccarthy missed the cut too that was that was a, sh- a shocking one <laughs> jack's got his eyebrows raised. Oh, we'll he's get pit. there he's pissed we'll at the world uh but no i was in a similar boat um tons of t14s jaeger sungjay eric cole um i had a t7 and adam svensson i had t21 and Tree, and those guys kind of scattered across both lineups um, it ended up winning me a nice little amount of money on, uh, I think, FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel, I won some money. DraftKings, I just missed out because I had Danny McCarthy. 
Um, but it happens. All right, bets. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, Mr. Big Week over here is starting small, ending high. Ring it up. Yeah, I uh, I was keeping it tiny because I didn't love a lot of the the odds. Uh, so I just stuck to two bets because I was like, you know what? Might as well try and go two for two and just uh, make a nice little profit. But it worked out. I think that the bet that hit would have missed and the bet that <laughs> missed would have hit. Yeah, the, uh, the, the logic might have been a little flawed, but I went one for two. Um, Hideki top 20 at plus 120. That was a loss. And then I had Steven Yeager top 20 at plus 200, um, which, I mean, arguably, if you really wanted to do, I could have thrown in his wild card. Um, it's a little aggressive and a little light in terms of a n- positive number, but I think you could have gotten away with it if you wanted to. Uh, for me, it was a full bet. And because of that, plus 200, I went one for two and I'm up one unit. So now I am up 4.04 units. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. As you know, I'm sticking with eight bets. It's going to be impossible <laughs> to continue that trend in the next two weeks. Um, but we had Steven Yeager, top 40. That was a smack. Eric Cole, top 40. That was a smack. Russell Henley did well. And then Adam Scott did well. So what four and four, a four for eight. Um, Hideki, you suck. Um, Denny McCarthy, you suck. Bo Hostler, I think, finished second to last. Yep. And Aaron Rye, which is that just did not look like golf. So all in all, down 0.25 units. Hasn't been the last month of golf for me. It's been really rough. I'm in right, you know, I'm like down 0.2 or 0.3 units a week. We're still up 70.5 units. So if you were to tell me come December of last year and we're doing our pre-year predictions that I'd be up 70 right now, going to the tour championship, I'm happy. I'm content. Um, probably not going to make a hundred this year, like I predicted. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, a little poverty, Jack. We expected better out of you, but that just means you got more more expectations for next year. Um, I'll just be happy staying up in the green. I'm I'm cutting it close because I'm having a tough time here and trying to get through these last couple of weeks outside of the majors. Uh, but if I can stay in the positives and ideally stay up, if I can get five units up and just hang out there for the rest of the season, that'd be great. I'd love it. Yeah, there's your first week next year. Just go really hard, drop five <laughs> unis off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's your fantasy football buy-ins. Yeah, true. Um, all right, we're doing wild card picks, right? Yeah, I guess we can. Loss, I mean, loss, I, loss for me. Yeah, loss, loss for me. Nothing pretty. I had Akshay and Sam Bennett. Uh, Akshay ended up missing the cut. Uh, Sam Which, Bennett. Dang it, I couldn't find the odds for that. I said it on the pot. I go, listen, if there's odds I can find for Akshay missing the cut, I'll bet my life on it. Never happened. Uh, I had Sam Bennett T20. He did finish T38. He actually didn't look awful. Um, I say that he shot one over on Sunday. Uh, but I think looking into that a little farther, it looks like he bogeyed three of the last five holes. So I have a gut feeling that was slightly weather dependent. Um, if you didn't pay attention Sunday, again, I don't blame you. Um, there was about a two hour delay for the last what 30, 35 golfers or so on the field or on, on the field on the uh on the course and so you know sam bennett i'm sure got affected a little bit by some bad weather coming in but i wouldn't look too deeply into that yeah i had hideki top 20 in round one he started with like a 74 yeah uh chad ramey top 20 i think he missed the cut um yep. by six <laughs> and then gary wasn't top 20 that was a loss <laughs> i think he finished right around 25th 26 something like that don't quote me on the number uh, that was a loss. I think just the same. He kind of got caught in the end there. Right, T27. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. All Which, right. Let's, 
it transitions a decade. My winner's picks, one was Gary Woodland. The other one was Hideki. Because I hadn't used Hideki, I don't like all year. I was just what a time to be alive. It was it was meant to work out for you. Uh my winner's picks, I took two guys that should not have worked out as well for me as they did. Um, this is my I've calculated this is my seventh week with a guy who's finished top five um as a winner's pick for me with new rule. Whatever your winner's picks are, you just do bets on. <laughs> I mean, you say that, and then, like, I'll, I've done that in the past, and I've gotten two guys that missed a cut. And, like, that's the random week I'll get a guy, two guys that missed a cut. Um, I had Russell Henley, who finished T2nd, and JT Poston, who finished T7th. Um, worked out really well for me this past week. I would not hang my hat on these guys to come back and do the same thing again. Um, you know, you could, I probably struck lightning in a bottle. We ready? Yeah, let's do it. We are going Dang. to TPC Southwind to the St. Jude Championship. This is a par 70 totaling 7,240 yards. Last year's winner, Will Zalaclitoris. Uh, he won the court. He won the course at about 16 under. In all honesty, again, if Will Zalatoris is winning an event, that tells you that you probably don't need to be the best putter on the planet in order to win this event. Just get on the green. Just get on the green. Yeah, the, the goal of this course is basically avoid water and bunkers. Everything else about this course is approach related and bogey avoidance. Uh, you can be a bad putter and still win on this course. Iron play is extremely important. Ball striking approach again. I'm I'm repeating myself, but it's because of how the game works. Um, ten of the top eleven finishers in the past five years gained proximity in the 175 to 200 yard bucket. Salatoris was a wizard with his irons and fit this category last year, and he gained in every single yardage range for the week. He actually lost strokes gained putting, and still won the tournament that week. Jeez. If, that, if that tells you how, how it works out. Uh, now, again, he lost point, like 0.01 strokes putting. So let me be abundantly clear. You can't lose like 30 strokes putting and still win. But the premise applies. You don't need to lose or you don't need to gain like 15 strokes putting in order to win. All right. You want to get right into DraftKings here, Jack? Because uh, in all honesty, I could give you guys more information. But there's only 70 golfers this week. It's a no-cut field. 95% of this field is a, is a viable option if you wanted to get to them. Um, you really just need to use your reasoning on why you think it makes sense to get to them. Yeah, I mean, I think the reality we can bunch anywhere between twelve and 10,000 together. Um, we've talked about the same guys for the last 30 weeks straight. You know the ins and outs. Yep. I think what we're going to try and do more so and tell you why you should pick Scotty over Rory is honestly just rank these five guys and call it a day because you could just make a case for any of them, and yep. there's no one that can say otherwise. Yeah, it makes tons of sense. I mean, if you want to look into last year, so just a reminder, last year this field was 125 guys because, um, again, they're doing the different formatting this this year. Uh, so Scotty and Rory both missed the cut last year. boy. Just an interesting little factoid if you want to keep an eye on that. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to play bad this year. But it's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I don't mind that if that's your reason you want to avoid it. Um, I think that there's a dozen good names between this and basically the 9K number. So you can get to any of these guys and as many guys as you can fit in that of that number within as possible, I'm I'm game for. Um, I think Rom's a good option. I think Hovland's a great option. I think Xander is Xander, and he's always going to do really well on a, on a course like this. 
Uh, but these top three guys are expensive. So, yeah, here's the thing. I think Scotty, outside of what you just said about him missing the cut, he did just have his worst finish in the last year of golf, just an astounding 23rd. I know, he sucks. Thumb. He's washed. Um, but, you know, you take a look at the stats. He's averaging, like, losing six shots on the green on, you know, like the whole PGA Tour. I mean, it's anywhere between, I think it fluctuates between 5 and 11 on some rounds. You don't need to putt here. Will Zalatoris proved it. He pits everything off the toe remarkably. You know, Rory McIlroy will talk about his worst finish since I think like May 5th is ninth. So he's playing really well. Rombo had a little bit of a hiccup, came back, bounced back. It's Brom. He's obviously going to do well. Hovland's a dog. He's been playing career year. Xander, Xander, like you had said, one missed cut. And I can't even tell you when that was. So I think we're in good shape with all five of these guys. Do you have a ranking? Because we don't need to go any more in depth. Based based on the price points, I'll go Hovland, Rom, Xander, Scotty, Rory. Whoa, Hovland number one. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, that's that's kind of the the mindset for me. I think that he's he's due. Um, again, the guy has not missed a cut all year. Let's just not casually forget about that. Um, and again, I I think he's just been playing great for a while. Even at majors, he's starting to show up now. So it's not even a question of like big field events where he's starting to he's starting to weary, you know, be a weary guy to get to. Um, and him being a thousand dollars cheaper than Rom and you know, thirteen hundred cheaper than Rory and basically two thousand less than Scotty, those guys are all taking a hit from me. I I, I think that Hovland is totally fine to start there. You can get to Hovland and then I don't know, Fleetwood, somebody like that. If you wanted to start a lineup that way, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I think I was going to go controversial, uh, Xander number one. Okay. Because oh. I think he doesn't have a – well, the reason I said Hovland was weird is because with his irons this year, he has a tendency to miss far portion of the green. So we're looking at a lot of two putts and those controversial numbers, which with the putting, obviously it's going to get a little tricky. Yeah. Xander doesn't necessarily have a weak spot in his game. I don't think there's a point. You know, he's top 2% in anything, though. So I would have gone Xander. Scotty, Rom, Hovland, Rory. And there's no disrespect on Rory. I, like you said, I think Hovland's due. He's got arguably the best driver in the game right now in the last six weeks. Yep. Um, but I think that with Rory specifically, he's on this tear. He had a win a couple weeks ago. I think everything's in his head trying to recreate that third uh, FedEx Cup playoff. Yeah, I think if you if you get this Andrew, just realize him, and then I'll start and then a guy in the next range. Patrick, him and Patrick Cantlay are going to be extremely popular this week. Um, they always do well at the St. Jude. Once once the FedEx Cup gets into play, these guys all of a sudden become the greatest golfers on tour. Did you um, guys save your winners picks for Patrick Cantlay? Because the next three weeks are the time to use them. Yeah, exactly. Don't use them in majors. Use them to, use them to win these uh, FedEx Cup events because that's good chance what he'll probably end up doing. Um, yeah, I don't hate Xander as an option. If you want to do that, I agree with you again. I think Rory is just the, the pricing and the win and everything else just doesn't make sense. So, all right. Nine K range. Yeah. Cause these people are dogs. I mean, it's Cantlay, yeah. Hatton, Fowler, Spieth, Fleetwood, and Morikawa. Yeah. I like uh, five of these guys. <laughs> if, if I, if, mm, if, if, who's the guy more so that you don't want to, maybe not dislike, but don't want to hammer over another guy. Uh, Spieth. Spieth's the one guy I'm avoiding. I agree. Uh, and that's, again, I will straight up tell you that you and I, if Spieth goes out and wins this thing, 
we will cheer like Absolutely. any of your teams won the Super Bowl. We're not rooting against Spieth, just for the record. Absolutely. He's just volatile. Um, again, in terms of a guy whose price point is this high, he misses more cuts than just about anybody else in this kind of a range. Like, you'll look around him and it'll be like, oh, Hatton's 18 for 19 on making a cut. You know, Xander's 18 for 19 on making the cut. Hovland's 21 for 21. Even like Rory is 14 for 16. And then you get to Jordan Spieth and you're like, oh, he's 13 for 19. Now, again, those, those could happen in like weary events. They're probably not all the, you know, the weakest events of all time. But it's just it's just that volatility that scares me. Uh, usually Colin Morikawa would also be somebody I avoid. But being that this is an event where you need really good ball striking and great iron play, um, he gets that little bit of a boost out of the basement dweller for me. Yeah, for those who don't know, they took a test of the accuracy of Colin Morikawa's, Colin Morikawa's irons at the middle of the season. His six iron had the same average of accuracy and proximity than the average PGA Tour player's pitching wedge. So think about that. Weak. He needs to get better. Moment he, he, he of needs... silence for everybody that just got ashamed of their six iron and pitching wedge accuracy. <laughs> You know, he just needs to make it his four iron, all right? He just needs to get a little better on it. I mean, six iron. Tiger numbers. Yeah, you can do better than that. Um, All right, in terms of finishes, uh, Hatton's been on a tear. I have no problem going back to him. He'll he'll probably make a couple lineups for me. Um, Ricky Fowler has done great at the the, uh, FedEx Cup in the past, so I have no problems going back to him. You can kind of ride the Ricky wave. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, again, the guy's only, what, had four top ten finishes in his last seven starts. Um, so I have no problems going back to that either. And then again, more cow with the irons. I think any of those four guys are probably going to be at least, I'm going to use probably two of them in my lineups. That's my guess. Yeah. I think for me in this category, Hatton might be number one. You take a look at just all around game. And I don't think the putter, there's no weakness in terms of the putter, but if you're a great putter, it's a strength. Hatton has had one of the best years putting that I've ever seen him play. He's been very level headed comparatively. Um, Fowler's always going to be a great option this year. I mean, his one hiccup was at the PGA. If I remember, I don't think he's missed anything since like October outside of that. So he's been killing it. Can't like, you just, for whatever reason, you can't cut out in the FedEx cup playoffs. I mean, this guy's a dog. He has shown much like we talked about. Rory plays really well. And then you see it 80th place miscut. And it's just kind of like off putting, um, more than anything else. So that's a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but I think for three guys that I'm hammering, it's Hatton, Fowler, and Cantlay, and then everyone else I might sneak in outside of Spieth. But if he wins, I'll be cheering for him more than anybody else. I think I'm Hatton, Fowler, Fleetwood. So I get that. I'm I'm similar boat. Um, just swap Cantlay and Fleetwood for me. I I have a tough time rooting for Cantlay. I understand the guy's really good in on on these types of courses, and it really pisses me off. I wish he would suck a lot more, so that way it's easier to dislike him and make him a villain. But he's really good on these types of courses, so I get it. It's funny because so. I, I catch myself and my buddies tell me the same thing when we have our little golf group chat for the team. It's I love Cantlay because he's a boring golfer, but I dislike Bri- watching Brian Harmon, maybe because it's the waggle. Maybe that's yeah. the part that bothers yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. The waggle does piss me off with Harmon. Um, all right, AK range. Speaking of Brian Harmon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, good category here. Honestly, Sung JM last week's uh, tied 14th all the way up to Jason Day. And for me personally, there are only two guys that I would give 100% confidence to in this category. Um, 
I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think I'd agree. Uh, probably three guys. Yeah. So one of mine, and I'm sure you agree with it. It's Wyndham Clark. Yep. Outside of that PGA championship hiccup, this guy has been on a tear. I think if you take Scotty Scheffler out of the running, he has a chance to have PGA tour player of the year. Um, if nothing more than, you know, the story of the year for Wyndham Clark, he's just been absolutely killing it. Once he switches from PXG to a titleist, we'll see him win three more events. Um, if you haven't heard and you're out living under a rock in the golf world, PXG is under a huge scrutiny right now of a lot of tour players leaving quality and um, accuracy performance standards are really low for them. Not a diss on PXG. I think they're incredible, uh, but a lot of tour players are switching right now. Um, and then secondly, if you look at the rankings for Tony Fino, you wouldn't think it's a lock, but I think this is one of the events that Tony Fino has a lot of confidence in. He's made a lot of cuts. I mean, two or excuse me, three of the four missed cuts he's made this year have been in the last two months. So I get the volatility aspect there. But I think if he's playing that butter cut that we all know and love, he's going to get himself into positions and that putter is just going to get him from, you know, 48th to 28th. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, Tony Finau, Wyndham Clark were two of my three guys. Uh, let me just quickly run down some of the other guys in my thoughts. Um, Jason Day has not really been the same golfer since Valero. Even before Valero, he was struggling. Um, so I don't know if 8,900, I get it. He, it. This could be his week, but I'm okay avoiding it. Um, Homa, this is not a major, so I don't entirely blame you if you want to get to him. Um, but it is still kind of an elevated field, and I think that could get the nerves going for Homa a little bit. He just came back from the uh, Taylor Swift concert, too, so clearly his priorities are in uh, correct hey, order. don't you dare disrespect T. Swizzle. <laughs> um, no, so it was him and Lacey at Taylor Swift. It was all over social media. Um, I don't hate Fitzpatrick this week if you wanted to get to him. Um, let me be clear on this, though. I don't love the performance going into this type of a field or into this type of event. It's really course history that you would be relying on with Fitzpatrick more yeah. than anything. Um, he did finish T5 here last year. He's played well at this course in the past. But again, um, Jack has some good stats on him. I don't, he's had how many finishes in the top 22? So I did remove this bet. So I'll, I'll feel comfortably talking about it. So my original bet, and you can bet this if you like, I still feel like confident in it, but I find one I think I'm really even more confident in. Yeah. It was Matt Fitzpatrick to finish 22nd or worse. And I get it. It's a way smaller field than what you might see, but he's hit this number um, 22nd, one, two, three times since April 14th. And we're in, we're about to be August 9th by the time, August 10th by the time this goes off. Yep. So that is a scary, scary number considering he's won. The, but sorry, since he's won, that's the only time he's hit that. So volatility, accuracy, I'm not sure he had that injury thing that he was going through at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure if that's back. I don't have Dan Rappaport's number to fact check that, <laughs> uh, but I just, he, he can shoot a 67, but he can also shoot a 78, you know, it, it's in there and that's scary in an event like this. Yeah. He's got, he's got the volatility. And I think that's something to keep in mind, um, depending on the type of contest you play. Uh, same thing with Hideki. What Hideki are you getting? Are you getting the six over Hideki we had last week at Wyndham? Are you getting the like top 10 the previous week, the three I'm open? Um, Cam Young, welcome to the world of volatility. Sam Burns, same concept. Sung J M, same concept. 
boom bust. I mean, you, this bottom 8K range, welcome to the land of boom bust. Would you like to finish next to last or top 10? Like, there's there's no in between with about these bottom, what, five guys? Yeah, I don't know. I think the safest bet of the bottom five guys might be Harmo. Um, okay. I talk trash about him. He's won me a lot of money. I apologize. I've taken my statement back. We're back on even playing field. You take a look at his last four, maybe even five starts where he, you know, one, 12, nine, runner up, 43rd. Outside of that, you're looking at five missed cuts in seven events. Yeah. And I think that's the scary thing is, you know, golfers, we ride this momentum. We find something that works. We click in it. The second there's a hiccup, the second there's a hiccup, we're trying to fix something. And I think if a hiccup happens in this event, he's not going to be in a spot where he can even finish top 40. But I think if you're going for a safe play, it's probably him. Yeah, there's not a lot of better options in this low 8K range, so I don't blame you. All right, jumping down to the 7K range, we're starting off Tom Kim, 7,800. Uh, there's no 7,900 this week. A little strange, but I guess with 70 guys, you can afford to fluctuate a little bit more in that price. Down to 7K, which ends at Aaron Rye. Ooh. So let me tell you what. There's two guys I like. That's the reality of it. There's two guys I'm, I love. Number one, Steven Yeager. He's been more expensive in a lot more field. I mean, I think at one point we had 8,900 on this guy. Um, I think I started mentioning his name. Can we call him Jaeger bombs? Can we call him Jaeger bombs? Yeah, Jaeger bomb. That's my guy. I think I started mentioning him probably at Vedanta. And I know you had started to, once he got on that little bit of hot trend, probably got on right after the PGA. Yeah. We've cashed in on this guy so much. (laughs) There's no reason for us to not go. Um, I think w- the only time we squad rub this guy, he missed the cut at RBC. Um, spoiler alert, we're not squad riding him. So he's going to have a great week. So I, I think that one of the only reasons I'm in the positive is because of Steven Yeager. I think I've bet him uh, like who? Steven Yeager, 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 yeah. Yeager, um, no, cause I, th- I think I've bet him like seven or eight times. And I think he's won probably five or six of those times. Yeah. So if you look into the numbers, I'm up about four units, and I probably am not up four units if I if I bet them. So I'm all over Jaeger. Uh, I don't hate Tom Kim this week. Um, he played well here last year, if you remember that. Uh, that was right after he won the, the Wyndham. And so he played really well again here. And again, I think that Tom Kim kind of has that ebbing and flowing going with him. But he's a little bit more like, hey, I'll be sustainably good for like three or four weeks. I'm going to miss a couple cuts. I think he's in with the odds makers. He's, he goes really good. No one bets him. He starts to play really, really good. Everybody bets him and he's going to go off for a hundred and second. But what the one stat we talked about, that's not a huge factor is the putting. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of where he gets into play there. Uh, Do we want to talk about Henley right underneath him? Because technically he should fit this course, but like he, I don't need to go back. Listen, here's the thing about Russell Henley. He is a hot hand right now. If you take away the open championship, he is his worst finish in the last two consecutive months or sorry, month and a half of golf is 35th. Take away the open. Yeah. So he has the hot hand. Everything's been good about him. He opened with a 62 last week at the Wyndham. Um, I think he could be a hot hand, but I also think that now that he's on that tear, much like I just said about Brian Harmon one swing mishap that's going to set you back and you're going to try and fix something work on something 
But we also know with Russell Henley, he has that off, you know, much like everybody, he's going to miss the cut right on the number if he doesn't. So it's going to be a sweat either way. Yeah. Um, other guy I'll mention, uh, Byung Hyun An or Benny An, depending on how you want to say his name. Uh, the guy does have two top three finishes in his last three starts. Um, the one that he didn't finish top three on was the Open Championship, where he finished T23. He's been on a bit of a heater, basically, since going to Scotland, or the Scottish Open. Uh, so I don't hate going back to him at, what's his price here, 7500 Ten four. Uh, so that's a viable option. If you want to go for the important iron play, but an awful putter route, Siwoo Kim is obviously there at seventy four hundred. Um, that's a it's an option, but again, I think at that point, just drop the hundred dollars and take Jaeger bombs instead. Um, I mean, Justin Rose being seven thousand two hundred is a little insane, c- considering about a month and a half ago the guy was priced at like ninety five hundred in weak fields and in strong fields. Uh, so I think it's a little crazy that he's as low as he is. If you want the volatility, Harris English. I, nah, I think if you want to go safe, you go Corey Connors. That guy's a, a pure ball. That's striker. true. That's true. Corey Connors is, is another good one. If you want to go safe route um, on a ball striker. Absolutely. Yeah. You could go another guy that played well here last year. Sahith Fiala. He has missed a lot of three cuts in a row. Outside of that, he was just killing it, making a cut. Again, I think for me, right around that 7,500 price marker, if you make a cut and you get me four days of points, I'm happy. Um, I think if you're here, Corey Connors, uh, Benny on Siwoo, but the number one option here should be Steven Yeager. Yeah. You know, 28 events this year, 25 cuts. That's consistency. We were worried about that with Davis Riley last year. Proved us right up until the point of October when we all bet him heavily. Um, I think you ride the wave until the hand falls off. Uh, I think my top three probably goes Jaeger, Benny on Tom Kim in that order um, for the seven K range. I think that's kind of the way, the way my mindset's going through it. I mean, you could throw yeah. Corey Connors in there instead of Tom Kim. I don't blame you. Um, I think they're kind of three a and three B for me. Um, I'm avoiding Denny. I'm avoiding um, Straka, Bradley, Henley, all those guys just don't mess with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm right now. Yeah, I'm Jaeger, Connors, and then I'm a tie between Poston and um, Tom Kim. Okay. Poston, much like Henley, riding the hot hand. Um, you know, his only hiccup was at the Open, but outside that, two sixth places, a seventh, and a runner-up. Um, and he's scored in all those events really, really well. So I think if you can continue that, get eight under, that's two under a round. You know, you're making the cut. You're going to make some money for himself and for us. Yeah. Um, but Russell Henley, if it's not, I know they just named five guys when I was supposed to name three, but that's my top five. How about that? Gotcha. That's fair. Um, all right, let's get to this 6K range that looks like a normal 8 8K range in a uh, freaking weak field yeah. here. This is well, insane. Number one, top two guys have to be in contention for at least 75% of your lineups. Um, Eric Cole, you might see 30 events and see 10 missed cuts and you might get wary. Just go ahead and open up DraftKings and see when the last time he missed a cut was, and that was in May. So he's on a two-and-a-half-month skid, or not a skid, that'd be really bad, two-and-a-half-month tread of making cuts. Now, again, he's only had one top-10 finish since then, yeah. um, three top-10s in the year, but he's making cuts. He's competing. If you're at 6,900 and you're looking for a guy with a 66.7% chance of making the cut, 
um, based on the entire calendar of your event, you can then set more like 80%. I think you take those odds. Dietrich, same boat. Um, outside the Rocket Mortgage Classic, I think he's made every single cut here since the players, or every cut since the players. So you're looking at a guy with those two cut percentages, 6,900. I think you can get away with both those guys in a lineup, honestly. Man, he's played so much golf. I'm just realizing Eric Cole has played like the most tournaments out of anybody in this field. Actually, that's a lie. Uh, Patrick Rogers also played in 30 events, but like, Jesus, this dude just played golf and feels like every week. Kind of insane. Can you blame him? I mean, yeah. It's a if good... I was getting 40 grand checks every single time I finished like 71st to go play, you know, Vedanta, sign me up. That's that's facts. That's TPC true. TPC River Highlands. Oh, you name it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jack mentioned Eric Cole and Dietrich. Those guys will obviously be popular up the top. Um, I don't hate going down to Spenson at 6,700. He's been on a little bit of a heater uh, recently. I think the the big the big guys for me, if you want to get real low and fancy, so that way you can keep some top of the guy top of the guy names. I mean, Tom Hoagie, if you really just want elite iron playing an awful putter, but that's terrifying. Um, the other guy I'll mention, 6,400 is uh, Andrew Putnam. So he's only he's played this event three times. He's had finishes of T25, T5, and second. So he plays really well on this course. Now, again, those were when there were cuts associated with this field. And again, there was 125 guys in here. But if you, if you get a guy at 6,400 and he finishes like T25, and you can get five other guys up in the eight, nine, ten k range, and they can all also finish top twenty-five. Having six guys finish top twenty-five pretty much means you're gonna win money. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good way to go about it. So I think Andrew Putnam is really gonna be the guy that sticks out for me at the uh, at the six k range, especially if you want that low flyer. Yeah, I think if I'm going for a low flyer, it's probably JJ Spawn for me. Yeah, um, at the beginning of the year throughout, I think it was the Masters. He was number one in bogey avoidance before Scotty took that over by a landslide. Um, and then Brian Harmon obviously took it over at the end. But five of his last six events, he's finished in the top 40. If the top 40 odds in this week weren't just so ridiculous, I wouldn't yeah. bet it. Um, but if you're looking for a guy, five of his last six, you know, top 40, one missed cut, 6,600. If you want to start your lineup with Scotty, I think either one of those guys might be someone you have to get to just to make sure you balance those books out. No, makes sense. Um, all right. You want to get right into DraftKings lineups then? Yeah, let's do it. So for my DraftKings lineup, I will mention a guy that you probably didn't mention. I know we didn't mention at the end. Number one, though, I want Rombo, 11,100. Okay. I know I said my rankings were a little bit different right before we jumped on um, and talked about it, but we have to mix it up. You have to pick guys that might be a little bit different if you're trying to win money in DFS. Second, Xander Shoffley, 10,000. Um, Wyndham Clark, 8,500. I went both Cole and Dietrich at 6,900 apiece. And then I finished with Nick Hardy at 6,500. I'm going to feed the hot hand. Um, only missed cut um, since the U.S. Open was the Rocket Mortgage, which bears basically no resemblance to the course we're playing today. Um outside the fact that it's in the U.S. So uh, I like it. I think he's been playing really good. Feed the hot hand. And that guy has 65s in like 40% of his events this year. So he's been killing it. I think if he gets one of those good rounds, just pops off randomly, he's making a cut and making money. I forgot all about Nick Hardy. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even realize he was down there at, at, at that price point. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, 
You're just chilling down there. Um, all right, my DraftKings lineup, I went kind of a balanced route in general. Uh, we're we're going to see. It's going to make for an interesting week for me. Um, starting out, Terrell Hatton, 9,700. Uh, then give me Ricky Fowler at 9,500. Third, give me Tommy Fleetwood at 9,100. Fourth, I'm going Tom Kim at, at 78. Fifth, give me Benny on at 75. And then sixth, give me Andrew Putnam, 64. So pretty balanced on those first five guys. And then again, if Putnam can finish T30 or better um, and the other guys come through, I'm pretty happy on it. Yeah, this is probably, I know I said this, I think one time, I can't remember, it might've been the um, PGA Championship. This might be my most balanced build of the entire year. Number one, Xander Shoffley, 11,600. Terrell Hatton, 11,100. Wyndham Clark, 10,400. Steven Yeager, 9,100. Thomas Dietrich, 8,900. And then Eric Cole, 8,700. Yeah, that's an extremely balanced build. Um, I went a little more volatile on the FanDuel side for sure. Um, So I'm starting off Victor Hovland, 11,400. Then give me Colin Morikawa at 11,000. Again, that's kind of my uh, my risky play there because I think if Colin has the ability to really win this tournament, but he could also struggle depending on how his irons play. Uh, I'm going Tommy Fleetwood, 10,800. Ricky Fowler, 10,600. Andrew Putnam, 8,300. And then Nick Hardy, 7,700. I just forgot about Nick Hardy lists him in his fan duel. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, he's so forgettable. Just hanging out down there in the bottom of the uh bottom of the range. I was like, oh whoops, forgot all about him. It's just like casually chilling out there for me. Has hasn't been fan duel. I don't know. So uh all right. That's what are we looking at? Thank for you? gosh. All right. We have maybe for the last time this year, eight bets. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I can't guarantee it. I struggled. Um, number one, Steven Yeager, top 30, minus 105. Odds were great. He's hit this number a ton. Lower condensed field. He's just got to beat two-thirds of the field. I think he can do it, no issue. Um, or not even two-thirds. What am I talking about? Number two, Xander Shoffley, top 20, minus 160. Yes, I know it's a safe play. Yes, I know you could have probably gone to top 10. Um, but if you take a look at his top 20 odds, he's like at an 80% hit rate the entire year. So I love it. Terrell Hatton, one of the hottest hands in golf right now. Um, he's hit top 20 at minus 130 every single time since the Masters, except for one, which is at U.S. Open. Ricky Fowler, top 20 plus 120. Um, I think that's another really good safe bet. He's been killing it. Um, only missed this number twice since the PGA Championship, so I like those. Probably the saddest bet I've ever had to make as a gambler, and this is where the emotion and the idea of making money really come head to head. I hate saying this out loud, but Jordan Spieth to finish 21st or worse is not listed on my odds book, but I'll have to research that um, to find out the exact number. You can find that on social media. I want to say it's right around even. Yeah, everything was between plus 105 and minus 120, so it's right around there. Yeah, 21st, um, he's only hit this number one time since the month of... um, or since the RBC Heritage, I get it. It's a condensed field. I get it. But if you're only hitting that number once in three months of golf, that's very scary. Um, we have Rory to finish 10th or better. Yeah, I know he missed the cut. That was really scary to hear at the beginning. But in 14 of his made cuts on the year, he's finished uh, top 10 11 of those times. So I love the percentages on that. He's obviously coming into form. 
he hasn't finished outside the top 10 since the Wells Fargo, which ended on May 4th. So he's been on a hot hand there. Um, we have Jason Day to finish 22nd or worse. We talked earlier about how he's just not looking good. Um, he's only hit this number two times since the Masters. One of them was a win, one of them was a runner-up, but outside that, he just looked horrible. Like I said, the other one was Matty Fitz, 22nd or worse, but I changed it. Going big hitters here. There you Scott, go. Rom or Xander to win is plus 250. That's a nice grouping of three, too. It's not even like Scotty, Rom, and Rory. I actually like this grouping better than that grouping as well. So yeah, and then I'll get while you read yours, I'll try to locate my um, speed bet real quick. Your speedy boy bet, gotcha. Um, all right, so if you want, if you want to avoid just one of Jack's bets, um, he does have he is squad riding the the Ricky top twenty with me at plus one twenty. Um, I think that's a chance we're both willing to take just based on being fans of Ricky Fowler the way we are. Um, I have Andrew Putnam top 40 at minus 140. And then I have Tommy Fleetwood top 20 at plus 100. Those are three arguably like safe-ish bets. But again, I'm just trying to get up to five units in the positive to finish the year out strong. I love it. And then real quick, the Spieth 21st or worse was a minus 110. So all these bets, um, I think, you know, Andrew Putnam is probably the only top 40 bet you could physically get away with and feel confident about without it being like a minus 400. Yep. Ricky Fowler. I think if we lose this squad ride together, we have to ban it um, yep. for next year. Um, Tommy Fleetwood. I think everybody in the world is cheering for Tommy Fleetwood. So one of the interesting things though, is that last week we both had Steven Yeager. You had him as a top 40 bet. I had him as a top 20 bet and there he won. Yeah, but it's but it's just that when we have them on the same odds in terms of finishes, we need them to like you know one of us to take top twenty, one of us to take top thirty or something like that. I don't know why yeah. it works that way, but it just does. Yeah, we just might have to veto the exact same bet. Exactly. Um. All right, winners picks or wild cards? Let's go wild cards. Let's end with the winners. Okay. Um. So I'll start. I actually i I figured out that I actually took the one Kims. of Jack's wild card picks. Um, which is the odds of taking somebody's wildcard picks has to be just my Because we don't revert. We don't do any type of preparation. We, we we text about guys we like, what we're looking at. We don't tell each other anything about where picks until we're live right now. Yeah. Um, so my wild, my first wildcard pick, Jack's guy that he originally had, Tom Kim, top 10, plus 330. Um, and then my second wildcard pick is Siwoo Kim, top 10 at plus 500. Um, again, that one you could probably get top 20 and also get some decent positive odds. Um, at this point, I've come to the realization that Siwoo is either going to finish top 10 or next to last anyways. Uh, so you might as well go for the additional plus, plus odds to, to get the better chances. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Tom Kim, It's this is one of the courses that you actually look for and fits. Yep. So, you know, we're going to root for Tom Kim regardless. My number one is Rom Cantley and Xander top 20 um, and ties is plus 280. Um, Rom, I like him. He's in my DraftKings, I think. Um, I'm hoping for him. I think he's going to do well. Xander, obviously, I have a top 20 on bet on him as well. And then Cantley, yeah. you just can't count him out in these FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, then, it's, yeah, it's going to be fine. He always yeah. is. And then uh, Tony Fino, top 10, plus 260. Um, hit this number last year in this event. Obviously, hasn't been hitting this number recently, which is why it's a wild card, not a bet. 
Um, but I think if uh, Tony Fino hits it, we're good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be honest. I was actually looking at that wild card pick as well. <laughs> um, I did not end up taking it because my winners are Tony Finau and Benny on. Um, so I think, I think Tony has a chance to, again, there's a little bit of volatility on him this week, but I think that this is one of these courses that he can come through on and he's kind of back into his comfort zone. Um, and then Benny on is just on a heater. So I'm really just kind of following the, the, the flow here and hopefully it doesn't or torch me or douse me in uh water at the end of the, the end of the week. Yeah, judging by how your winner's picks have been doing lately, I do like my ro- or my Finau top 10 bet <laughs> a little better now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. And then my winner's picks, I went with a big dog. We got John Rom, a.k.a. Rombo. Um, I think if he can figure out that driver placement, get everything out in order, I think the putter and the wedge game is really just going to take him over the edge. I could see him easily getting a top five, top 10 finish. And then with the flyer, Corey Connors. I mean, you talk about a world-class ball striker. Everything about the game, otherwise, is just a little bit off. I think if you could just put it together for one week, you could easily get in the top 15. Um, and again, we're not just picking the top five guys and then one flyer and saying, here are our winner's picks and calling it a day. Um, we're doing a couple different versions. So for everybody tuning in, that's why um, everything's a little bit different. But I still like the picks. Yeah, uh, I'm really starting to dwindle down. I looked at it because I was curious. I think I have Scotty, Rory, and like two two bums, like Smalley and somebody else on the bottom. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be digging uh, for those guys. But hey, you know what? BMWs next week, and uh, I don't hate the Rory call there. It's not in Chicago anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> it hasn't know, been for I'm, a little bit. It's a shame. I'm sad about that, but I still, I still might follow Rory just for the sake of, uh, um, all right. Well, okay. So this is really kind of the last like big week for us that we can, we can do a good in-depth grouping of tournaments on next week. If there's 50 guys following week, there's going to be 30 guys. It's really going to start to cut down. We will still be bringing you episodes, but just realize they might not be the as long just because, again, you can only go in-depth on the top 50 guys on tour. We can only tell you how good Scotty <laughs> Scheffler is for 26 <laughs> weeks straight. Yeah, I mean, like, Scotty's a good player. Rory's a good player. Rob's a good player. Like, at a certain point, you you kind of just have to follow your lead. Um, so we'll be we'll be on the next two weeks. But, again, just some 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 interesting things to note for uh, you, you guys and your betting odds. But at that rate... We will leave you to it. Let's go out there. Let's win some money. Hopefully it carries over to the start of football season. Let's have a good one. Deuces. Deuces.